0: Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook. And today we have David Leo joining us once more on the Wednesday, the middle of the week.
1: Thank you, Jason. Happy Wednesday, everybody.
0: It's the 23rd of August. For those who are wondering whether this is live, if you're listening and it's not Wednesday, the 23rd of August, then you're not listening live. But for those who are, we welcome you today Mm -hmm. to our program.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: This is a new series. Uh, How many programs do you think we're going to do in this series? I've
1: I've selected five, five okay. minor prophets to look at. But
0: awesome. uh, Yeah. And it's called the Minor Prophets. So uh, today um, we're going to be looking at Obadiah. It's interesting, isn't it, David, that uh, these are some of these small chapters typically in the Bible that often we don't take a good yeah, look at.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right. They're small books. Uh, they often get one or two verses taken out of them. But yeah. when you actually pick them out as a book and study them You know, as, as a book itself, you'll find that it's not so minor. There, mm. There's actually some major points that, and it's, there's a reason why they're part of the part part of the collection of the mm. biblical. I was about to say library. Mm. Did you have you ever thought of the Bible as a library? Sort of is, isn't it? It is. It's sixty six books. books. Yeah, it's, it's sixty six books in one. So yeah. I, I often refer to it as a library. Yeah, and these are some of the books in the library that. Mm. We over can overlook sometimes. Is
0: it the the really small ones that um, would be quite easy to pick up and read?
1: Yeah they're, yeah, they're very easy to read. Yeah, within five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I remember doing a study with uh, Natalie uh, last year, Natalie Moore, mm. um, on Haggai and uh, I really enjoyed that because I again I hadn't studied the uh, the minor prophets uh, very well, so um, it was a good opportunity to dig into it. So. Nevertheless, you're going to uh, talk a little bit about what you've been up to last weekend and Friday last week.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, that's, that's right. I wanted to mention, too, as we go through the Minor Prophets, for those of you that have followed the series just prior to this one, The Seven Roles of Christ, Yeah, um, this is going to be a series where I'm going to ask our listeners to apply what we learned from The Last Seven Roles of Christ. So every time we go through a book of uh, The Minor Prophets, as we talk about it, I want you to think about, oh, what, what's our role of Christ's in this one? Yeah, and uh, you know, when you do, when you do pick it up, fix it through. And so, uh,
0: if you're listening today and you <clears throat> can pick up your Bible, have a quick look at uh, Obadiah. Yeah, and, and um, what we discuss. Yeah, yeah. and have a, have a think about that in terms of the role of Christ that is being presented here.
1: Yes. Mm. So last weekend, um, we got some interesting things. We had a we had a uh, pastor from. Um, come down from New South Wales, and he's part of a group. It's a um, interdenominational group called uh, Intergenerate. And the whole idea for Intergenerate is they're trying to um, bring about a change in the way that we do uh, church services. And it's called Intergenerate because they, they're trying to encourage our services to cater for intergenerational uh, congregations. And, you know, your church and my church, we've got little babies right up to our senior members, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to say, "Hey, let's do something where where it uh, incorporates all these all these people." So they, they were here on Friday, and there were some really interesting concepts, you know. I, I realized, um, well, I came away realizing church is one of the few places where we can learn to fellowship with or have relationships with many age groups mm. you know what i mean this, this is probably one of the best training grounds because mm. i don't know about you jason but when i meet a young person whether they're 5 to say 16 and they can hold a conversation with me as an adult mm. you know because i'm i'm no longer a kid anymore mm. i'm really impressed like i get really impressed that these kids know how to and then and then i realize they're familiar with engaging with adults they're they're familiar with engaging and understanding the dynamic of Having these relationships because, for most part, when I uh, when I meet young people, they don't know how to engage. They don't look at my eyes. They um, don't know how to shake my hand. You know, they uh, the, the, the conversation is really awkward. Mm. And I know, wow, they, they don't have that that much experience in engaging with their adult members. You know, and so I think church is a really good community right now where there is uh, there is. No particular agenda, and when I say agenda, I don't mean it to be sinister. I mean, uh, if you go to a choir, you know the whole point is that you sing, yes. right? When yep. you go to a archery club, the whole point is that you all learn archery together. Mm. But church is one of the places where you can actually engage with people and talk about relationships and mm. life and mm. things like that. You mm. know, and I think, man, uh, our church communities are one of our one of our uh, places of hope right now. Mm. You know, where we can actually be intergenerational. And it's
0: you know it's so important that um, you know both as older people and younger people that we learn about each other and we we learn about the struggles that we have you know like I'm I'm just thinking of my daughter who's who actually does nursing in aged care um, she does agency nursing so she travels around a bit but you know it's it's really nice to see how important the relationship is that she has with older people yeah as she's caring for them and she takes their needs seriously you know whereas i think young people sometimes everything's about them yeah (laughs) i don't care about the old people
1: yeah yeah,
0: as long as i'm happy yeah and then sometimes older people you know i'm putting ourselves in this category too. We, we, we come to church. We want everything done our way. We want it to our um, satisfaction. And, you know, we can get very stuck in our generation. For sure. Yeah, But uh, to be able to cross and, and share and, you know, grapple with the challenges of different
1: generations. Yeah, this is so true. I um, As you were talking about that, I remember a gentleman um, back in my church in Brisbane, and I would have been in, say, mid-20s. Oh, even probably even younger, and he was in his uh, late 80s, and he would tell the story. He would tell it over and over again, especially to the to the kids, and and I loved hearing the story all the time. But he worked and um, worked with his dad in Adelaide, and their role was to go on their. Um, he would have a bike and a trailer with uh, tools and equipment in there, and his dad used to fix bikes because mm. there were no cars at the time, mm. right? And that world to me. I'd never seen that world before. But mm. to talk to somebody that actually lived in that world and explain what would happen, you know, this would happen to a bike, and so we'd stop, fix the bike, they will pay us, you know, and I was like, wow, what a what a different type of world, you know?
0: It's like RACT for bicycles.
1: Correct, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, a, car without, a world without cars. And then, you know, I'm talking to kids now, and I, when, when I talk to primary kids and I talk to them about a world without Wi-Fi, you know, they were, wow. What world without Wi-Fi? Mm. What would you do with yourself? You know, and i explain to them. Well, this is what I did as a kid when I was your age. You know, mm. you can you can see their faces. Wow, you went in the creek and got muddy, and yep, yeah, we sure did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we picked up all bits and pieces. You know, and uh, it was it was a great time. But mm. yeah, this this uh, opportunity of church. Um, what a what a what a great thing! What a great thing to have uh, in our community right now. You know, I just last week I heard uh, in Pakistan it's not so. Blessed over there. They just recently had a um, a law passed, and the law says that if anyone speaks blasphemy of Allah, they could get a life sentence and even uh, even get the you know capital punishment, mm. right? So that's that's a that's a serious crime over there, and um, I presume it's a way to push Christianity out. It's mm. a way because if people talk about Christ, well they basically talking blasphemy against Allah saying that Christ is higher than Allah. So, you know, think about our think about our Christian brothers over in uh Pakistan that are and sisters that are there that want to speak and proclaim the name of Jesus and we're here able to talk about church being intergenerational. Mm. You know, like this, this we should count that as a huge blessing that we have the freedom of speaking the name of Christ and uh that's that's our intention here on faith of fame to talk about Jesus. And so, we better start with the book of Obadiah. We better. Yeah. We've got a Uh, bit to get through. Yeah, yep. And I've asked Jason to to read this in King James Version because it sounds very, very poetic in the book of Obadiah.
0: And uh, I'm not all that used to reading from the King James Version (laughs) because I didn't live in the 1600s, (laughs) but I'll do my best. So It says, uh, The vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumour from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen, thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high. That saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. If these came to thee, and robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they not have stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers gatherers came to thee, would they not leave some grapes? How are the things of Esau searched out? How are, how are his hidden things sought up? All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee uh, even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. They that eat thy bread have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, even destroy the wise men of, out of Edom, and understanding out of the Mount of Esau? And thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that, that every one of the Mount of Esau may be cut off by slaughter. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off for ever. In the day thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them.
1: Mm. So this is interesting. There's a judgment against the people of Edom, the Edomites. And then there's a mention of Esau and Jacob. What's going on there? But uh, well, we'll get into that in the next section. But there's a, lot, there's a lot being said here that, that where God is judging the Edomites. So this is going to get interesting.
0: Mm. And uh, as we listen today, have a think about this question. What role of Christ do we see in Obadiah? Text us in your answer, 488 This is Thank God I Do by Lauren Daigle.
2: I've seen love come and I've seen love walk away So many questions Will anybody stay? It's been a hard year So many nights and tears All of the darkness Trying to fight my fears Alone So long Alone My head is finally clear. There's nothing missing when you are by my side. I took the long road, but now I realize I'm home with you. I'm home.
0: we are listening to Sazie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're speaking with David Leo this morning on the topic of Obadiah. We just uh, had a slight technical issue, so some radios would have uh, disconnected for a little bit, but hopefully we'll get them back online. And for those who are joining us again, um, you, it's good to have you listening. <laughs> so, um, but yes, for some reason, our connection cut out for a little bit. So we're back on air there now, though, so that's good. Um, David, we've been talking about uh, Obadiah. We've just read the first 11 verses. Do you want to just give us a little bit of background to this uh, judgment, I guess, that's been given here?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is a very unique judgment. You know, with the books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, a lot of the other prophets, they actually uh, talk about a judgment against Israel mm. or Judah. And in this particular one, uh, the message that was given to Obadiah was to talk about a judgment against this people called the Edomites, right? And you, look, you can hear here that the Edomites, not only did they have their, uh, they were geographically located in um, high mountains and caves and things like that. That was actually a really tr- advantage, strategic advantage when it came to battles and things like that. But they had um, put themselves in a place of pride or heightened status. And God is telling them, you're going to be brought down. I'm going to humble you for uh, the things that you've committed. And there actually, there's a mention of Esau and Jacob. And the word Edom in the Hebrew is actually spelled the same way as Adam, right? The Adamites, right? Or the Edomites. Mm -hmm. But also the the, the name, um, the word Adam, it means red. People say it's red like the dust and things like that. But that red, the Edomites, have actually got their name from Esau. Esau. Because mm. when Esau was born, he grew up with... Was he a redhead? red hair? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that basically like the, um, the redhead gang, you mm. know, like the, 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 uh, the, the redhead family. So they came from Esau. And if you, if you go back a, a little bit, there's a bit of tension between Esau and Jacob. Mm. Now, the story in Genesis, do you remember what happened with Jacob and Esau?
0: Well, Jacob uh, cheated Esau out of his birthright.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, so he deceived his dad mm. and Esau mm. to get this birthright, even though God had promised that he would get the birthright. Right? Mm. But he went about it. Him and his mother, they um, went about it their own way. So there was the there was the the tricking of the father, um, and Jacob's name was changed over to Israel. You know, after God. Um, Took his hip out of place and yeah, they, said, they, had, hey. they
0: had a bit of a, a fight over a wrestle. That's <laughs> a wrestle.
1: right. They had a wrestle, wrestle together, and then in numbers, numbers twenty, the people of Israel, they want to cross a certain property. They want to cross the property of the Edomites, and they asked the king if we can cross cross this area. And the king of Edom said no, rejected their uh, their request to cross through. So that. Cause a bit of tension. Uh, there's another time where the Edomites joined forces with the Moabites in Second Chronicles 20 and they, oh, the Moabites and the Ammonites and they attacked Israel mm. and they were unsuccessful. And then they tried again in Second uh, Chronicles 28. This time they were successful and they took away captives from Judah, the, the Edomites, right? So these are the, this is the brothers. They're still, they're, they're still, still fighting, still fighting. There's still tension. Mm. And in, in the book of, uh, I think it's Second Kings. Saul, Saul, who was the king of Israel, he he uh, made a demand to kill 85 priests. And none of us, none of his soldiers would do it. So no, we're not gonna do that. That's that's reverend ground. So he calls on an Edomite named Doeg. And Doeg not only kills the the uh, the priests, the 85 priests, he raises some of the Israelite villages and kills the the woman and children now this is so this there's a bit there's some history there between the um, between the descendants of Esau and the descendants of Jacob mm. right so when God is bringing up Esau and bringing up uh, bringing up Jacob in this talk he's referring to the history of the brothers and uh, this is where this is where it talks about your high and look at some of the the, the verses here it says in... Um, I've
0: just switched over to the ESV. But. <laughs> Still,
1: same. We, yeah. we, we, we get the same idea, but listen to this, to this. There's a familiar pattern here that we've heard somewhere before in verse 3 and 4. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You live in the cliffs of the rock in your lofty dwelling. You say in your heart, who will bring me down to the ground? You saw aloft like, eagle, like an eagle, though your nest is among the stars. Right. Mm. From there, I'll bring you down to clear the Lord. What does so, that sound it, like?
0: This is sounding like uh, Lucifer. Holy Absolutely. Angel. Right.
1: Mm. In Isaiah, one of the major prophets, right? Mm. When we say one of the big books, Isaiah 14 talks about Satan saying, I will make myself, I will ascend above the heavens, I will ascend above the. And so you see here the Edomites have taken that same, they have the spirit of Satan mm. when it comes to this particular um, particular chapter that we're dealing with. But even more. Why is, why is Obadiah, uh, saying this judgment against, um, against the Edomites. Let's read verses 12 to 14. Mm. Read that, please.
0: And this time we're reading from the English Standard Version. Mm-hmm. It says, But do not gloat over the day of your brother in the day of his misfortune. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their ruin. Do not boast in the day of distress. Do not enter the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Do not gloat over his disaster in the day of his calamity. Do not look, uh, sorry, do not loot loot his wealth in the day of his calamity. Do not stand at the crossroads to cut off his fugitives. Do not hand over his survivors in the day of distress. Okay. Now, this is talking about when the Babylonians. (laughs) Correct. um, Trashed Jerusalem. That's right.
1: right? that's, That's right. So at the south of Israel, at the south of Israel, you've got the tribe, you've got Judah. And just across the valley, you've got the Edomites, mm-hmm. and Isaiah, Jeremiah. You know they, they all prophesied that the Babylonians are coming to to take over. Mm. And when that day arrived, um, the Edomites, uh, Judah, and uh, there were a couple of others. I remember reading this in a in a um, in, a, in a, uh, a sort of a Bible illustrate book of Bible illustrations. Right, it was talking about the history where the, these nations. Had said, Let's have an alliance so when Babylon comes, we'll fight together.
2: Mm.
1: When the Babylonians came, the the Judah stood by themselves. Nobody came to their aid.
0: Uh, And the Edomites took advantage of their their struggles.
1: So, everything, yeah, that's right. Everything the Bible's saying here, do not gloat over your day with your brother. Not only were they cheering on the Babylonians, they were teasing. They were teasing the the Judah. Ah, look at you, can't do anything. Not only did they do that, they looted. Right? they looted their wealth and for any fugitives that try to escape they captured them and killed them mm-hmm. right and so there's a there's a far fetch from this brotherly relationship that was there before and uh, you know when we read the book in, uh, in Genesis there's Esau actually forgives his brother Jacob but that tension that comes down right the, the influence of what happened in that trickery it goes right down to where the Edomites are now being judged and you know this this is a this is a this is a uh, not an encouragement personally you know like God can see when people gloat over us and want to do things to us like god God does God doesn't forsake us He sees that thing but we look at the history here and they were looking on you know it was like a it was like a massive betrayal
2: mm.
1: you know they they're watching uh Judah who they said we're going to help you when the Babylonians come. And they had this all planned from the beginning. We're not going to help you. In fact, everything you have, we're going to take from you. And so they um, they did what they they did what they did there. And this is why the judgment that Obadiah is talking about has been set against was uh, Set against the Edomites because of this huge betrayal, because of this history, this tension that's been going on for a long time, because they just won't leave God's people alone, right? And so. God's intervening, and we're going to, um, the next section we're going to read, we're going to look at, whoa, this is, this is a hope, a message of hope that's, that's coming soon, because one thing that we learn from the prophets, Old Testament prophets, is that God never talks about a judgment without giving a message of salvation. Right, those two things always come together. Mm. Like he never leaves. He
0: always, it. he always gives a way out.
1: Yeah, there's always a choice to make. Right, there's
0: always a choice to make. He
1: yeah. doesn't just say, "You know what? You're going to be destroyed at yeah. full stop." Yeah, you know, there's and, always a choice. And an
0: we s- we saw that in another one of the minor prophets uh, with Jonah, oh, yes. with the the city of Nineveh. Yeah, you know they were going to be destroyed, but they changed their ways, and God saved them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you much to Jonah's disappointment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Very good. Um, we've got uh, our book offer today. It's called The Printed Prophets, and uh, we'll give you more information about that coming up. But uh, our question for today is what role of Christ do we see in Obadiah? Mm. may or may not be obvious just yet, but um, do uh, text us in 488 This is Chain Breaker by Zach Williams.
3: You've been walking the same road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice, tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain, he's a pain taker If you feel low If you need freedom, say there He's a prison-shaking Savior If you got chains well, He's a chain-breaker We've all searched for the light of day And the dead of night and We've all found ourselves worn out From the same old fire and We've all rolled we know just stay right When there's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost Then He's a way maker If you need freedom Prison shaking, Savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify If you believe it if you receive it, If you can't feel it Somebody testify, testify If you've been leaving If you receive it, If you can't feel it Somebody testify If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel low He's a way maker. If you need freedom, stay there. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom, stay there. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker.
0: This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're looking at a new series called The Minor Prophets with David Leo, and we're looking at the book of Obadiah. Mm. It's it's a very small book, one chapter. One chapter. 21 verses is the entire chapter. So, um, David, we're looking at how basically... uh, these um, Edomites were gloating in the destruction of of Jerusalem with the with Judah. Yeah, and
1: uh, there was the, history of tension.
0: There was history of tension. You were also mentioning, I think you mentioned this before the break, if not during the break, um, that there was this uh, perhaps an alliance that was meant to be. Formed between the Edomites and Judah, and they s- right. sort of went back on that.
1: Yeah, when Babylon when the Babylonians came, they betrayed them. Yeah, they backed up. They they didn't uh, come through and didn't honour mm. the promise that they said they were, they would um, they would. And this could have this could have uh, restored some of the tension. You know, this could mm. have helped with the the things that were happening. But you know, uh, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, Jason, where somebody's promised to back you up, and and the then time they that don't. they. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good. It <laughs> no, no. doesn't feel good at all.
0: Particularly when you when you uh, sort of stick your neck out for them or something. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. And so God has put this judgment against the Edomites, and then he mentions why. We just read it in the verses uh, 12, 13, and 14, why God had put the judgment, because of the betrayal, this massive betrayal that just happened, and not honoring that they were going to protect them. And then from 15 to 21, we have this change of tone. Here comes the message of salvation. The message of judgment has been given, and now the message of salvation comes. If you could just read First 15 just for now. Uh, yeah, and we're
0: back in the King James versions. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head.
1: Okay, interesting here. Now, I should qualify. Uh, the reason why I asked Jason to uh, read from the King James version uh, a lot of the Old Testament prophets are very, very poetic, and nothing sounds better than the King James <laughs> version when it comes to poetic, uh, poetic uh, sounds that, in, in the Bible.
0: That, that's if you're into Shakespeare and, and uh, that's uh, right. that sort of thing. I was telling Jason <laughs> the history.
1: I got, a, I got a King James version. when I was ten years old and I had no idea how to interpret the thys and these and the thous and saith and, and whatever. But um, at high school, when we when they taught us Shakespeare and, and drama, I had to do passages in Othello and Hamlet. And, uh, the drama teacher told us what it means and what Shakespeare was saying, and the King James version just started opening up. So every time I see King James, I see a performance, a dramatic performance, especially in poetic, poetic sense.
0: For me, I never got into, uh, Shakespeare and Hamilton, unfortunately.
1: Right, right. Yeah, so I do, I do, look like, like this, and actually maybe the book of Habakkuk. I think I'm do Habakkuk as well. Sounds beautiful. But anyway, this is verse 15, for the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. In the ESV and other versions, it says all the nations. Mm. So there's a there's a turning point here. It went from being the Edomites, and now it's against everyone. Right, against Mm. everyone. So this pride, this wanting to be high in the you know in the cliffs of the mountain, to be high as the eagle, to be high as the stars, it's not just the Edomite problem.
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) This is a Worldwide problem. It's a human problem. It's a human problem. It's yeah. an Adamite problem, yeah. right? And Adamite, so, yes. right. So there's yeah. a again, as Ab- Abadiah plays with poetry, the word Adam or Adam is that we all come from Adam. Mm. Now we look at the we look at Romans five, and it says through one man came through came sin, yeah. and through one man came salvation. Salvation, mm. right? And so through uh, Adam, <clears throat> we all suffer this. Pride, we all suffer this gloating. We all suffer these things. And then the message to all heathens or to all nations and the message of hope that comes here after the judgment is what we're going to hear from 16 to 21. If you could read that, please, Jason.
0: For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink and they shall swallow down and they shall be as though they had not been. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance mm-hmm. and there shall be holiness and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions and the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame and the house of Esau for stubble and they shall kindle in them and devour them and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau for the Lord hath spoken it and they sh- and they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau and they of the plain the Philistines, and they shall possess the fields of Ephraim, and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even unto Zarephath. And the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Sepharad, shall possess the cities of the south. And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's.
1: Okay, so for a people that have been captured by Babylon, have been betrayed, have been, um, you know, give, are now living under the, the authority and power of another nation, God has this message for them, right? Not only will you claim the, the land of the Edomites, God goes on further through his prophet Abadiah and says, oh, not just there, the Philistines, the fields of, Ephra- the, um, the fields of Samaria, it's going to expand. Like mm. the, the, the places that you'll take over is going to expand. And so for the person that's being captured, for the person that's just been betrayed, for the person that realizes, wow, um, we no longer have a home, what type of message is that, does this give them?
0: It was a message of hope
1: A message of hope Yeah mm. Big time And this is Mount Zion Mount Zion you'll find King David talking about Mount Zion You know He talks about this place where uh, Where all of God's people will be uh, A place where um, They sit on high Because God has put them there And at the very Very uh, uh, End of the The chapter it says And Saviour shall come up to Mount Zion To judge The Mount of Esau There's a hint Here's a hint of the role of Christ and the kingdom shall be the Lord's, right? And so, um, there's a there's a restoration of saying you will know who you belong to, you know, you've been taken by Babylon. And I, I, I'm not meaning to change subjects, but you know, there are captives of Judah who go to Babylon who understand that God never left them or forsake them, right?
2: Mm.
1: And there's some massive this prophet he gets some huge things that God reveals to him, right? We're
0: talking about Daniel. We're talking yeah. about Daniel,
1: yeah. yeah. We're talking about Daniel and those mm. who, are, who are captive in Judah. Mm. And, the, and the point I'm trying to make here is um, in verse 21, God is actually keeping his promise. Through, through Daniel, he actually says the Messiah is going to come here and there, and this is when he is going to come, and this Messiah is going to be the one that will expand the judgment of Mount Zion. It's Jesus Christ that's going to be doing this, right? Mm. And so when, when we learn from um what we learn from this this uh story of Obadiah is that sometimes we allow uh tensions of our family, right? It could go back generations. And um I've I've heard stories, you know. Bless my mom and dad. They never told my brother and me that. Uncle such and such, or auntie blah blah blah, or look out for da da da. You don't want to trust them. We never got brought up on any of that type of stuff, but mm. I do have friends that have, mm. right? And so they grow up with this understanding of, uh, you know, he's a crook, you know, I uh, can't do that. And so they, and, and if their parents had, um, if their dad had beef with his brother, well, then they end up having beef with the, the children of the brother, right? And it carries on. And what we learn from Jesus is, that um, he can actually change those grudges, right? Things that we say, oh, you know, um, it's just it's just uh, part of our upbringing. We just it's just the way it is. Even worse, Jason. Some people say, oh, it's actually in our blood. You know, my my dad was a drunk. My great grand my granddad was a drunk. My, my great granddad was a drunk. So, you know, there's there's no way for me to avoid alcohol. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. But then we learn from this that what. Jesus can t- change things around. You don't have to be that, right? Mm. And we learn from um, people like Daniel that they were a captive, but they weren't really a captive. You know, they were a captive, but they're still free because they understood who they were in the midst of Babylon, right, mm. in the midst of what was happening here. And so, well, well, I'm going to summarize this in the next section, but one of the big things we're learning from Abadiah is um that history of family tensions that that uh, the amount of times that those things will bring problems, what could the climax was found in verses eleven to fourteen and yet God says there is still hope right because Jason you know in times like that when uh sometimes you think there's no point there's no point carrying on when you know, your own family' is against you, and then God says no there is there is a message of hope for you. That's what we learn from Upadai.
0: Well, it's time for our book offer and a bit more information about it. Um, I'm interested as to uh, get your idea as to why you chose this one today. But It's called The Print of Prophets, The Vital Role of Literature in the Last Days. And it's by Lemuel Olan Jimenez. That's an interesting name. Have yes. I said that right? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't
1: read this book, but I want to.
0: Okay. Books have the power to change hearts, to inspire and instruct, to bring widespread revival. But if they're so powerful, why aren't more people sharing them? In these days of Earth's final crisis, God has designed that truth-filled literature will serve as printed prophets announcing future events as preachers drawing our attention to the Lord's soon return and messengers declaring God's great love and mercy. The printed Prophets explores why literature will be so critical in end-time evangelism and how you can help fill prophecy by sharing it. The question that remains is, will you share those life-saving pages? Well, of course, we know that's talking about the the scriptures as well here, so we're going to be looking at more of those Mm -hmm. pages, those small ones out of uh, the books coming up. This song is If You Ever Fall by Anna Laura.
4: You say that you've had enough You've given up on love You think that you'll never trust well, I can see that your heart's been broken too many times, it was not wrong, now it's locked up so tight, and you're standing strong, but if you ever feel Seen this all before? What you must be going through is hard to take.
0: Encounters on Faith FM, and we're finishing up our program today with David Leo, and we've been looking at Obadiah, one of the minor prophets on our new series. Now, before the break, we talked about there's a book offer, the printed prophets, the vital role of literature in the last days, and I did ask David, um, why did you choose this book? And just before we give the code away, why do you think this uh, book is important? Why do you think literature, is, you know, written? Um, books are it's so important.
1: Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good question that you've given. I, I think I chose this book because, as I, I mentioned earlier, the um, the books or the short books or the minor prophets uh, can be often overlooked, and so we can look at, uh, for example, Obadiah today and see how how power packed this small book is. Twenty one verses, and it's full of um, full of all these messages, and mm. and uh, you know, it's it's massive and. It's worth sharing. I mean, I'm sharing it because I want us, as I've questioned before, I want us to see Jesus Christ in the, these 21 verses. And I want to ask the question, um, you know, what, what, uh, for those of you that followed the other series, you know, which role of Christ can you see in the book of Obadiah or which roles, if there's more than one that you can see in the book of Obadiah? And so I chose this book too because, um, when we, uh, learn When we learn from, um, the Bible and the prophets and the things they've got to, they've got to say, we, you know, it's, it's stuff, it's things that we, we should share. And when it comes to literature, we've definitely changed. we've moved on. There's a lot of digital, digital literature now. And uh, Jason and I were just discussing this before. When it comes to reading a book, you know, let's just imagine you've got a scroll in your hand and you've got the scroll of Obadiah. Right when you pull up that scroll and you read all or that book, when you're reading, you've only got one thing to follow mm. right now. You know, in the digital sphere, um, if you're going to read something on uh, Facebook or Instagram or whatnot, you can instantly be distracted.
0: All by of these distractions. It. Yeah, yeah, it gives
1: you, it gives you links. You know, like
0: you, you're halfway through watching something and then an ad pops up. And
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and they give you um, you know things things to they try to feed you other things to look at, yeah. and so you just keep on going. Keep on going down the rabbit hole. Thank
0: goodness they didn't have ads in the Bible.
1: <laughs> I imagine that! Imagine that. Yeah, the uh, the only thing that uh, the only thing the Bible's trying to sell us is the idea that we have a Jesus that loves us yeah. and is going to save us. Mm. And so, yeah, I I, um, I really encourage this book for those who will read it and share it.
0: So the code for today is minor M O M I N O R number 1 minor 1 is the number to text that in so text in minor 1 to get this uh, copy of the printed profits the vital role of literature in the last days and we've got four copies to give away today. So David uh, we've got to wrap up this uh, chapter What's your uh, concluding summary from this?
1: Yes, yeah, so a concluding summary um, on a on a big scale, it started off with the judgment of e- the Edomites. We saw the history; they were brothers, right? They they came from a, a brotherly ancestry, and then we follow it down the lines and we see what the the, the Edomites actually do to their brother, um, the Israelites, right? And they stand off. Not only do they stand off, they cheer on the Babylonians. Not only do they do that, they tease the Israelites, and when the job is done they come and loot, take things away from the Israelites and any fugitives that try to escape they kill them. All right? And so we learn here, wow, the violence set against their brothers. And then God gives a message of hope to anyone to anyone that thinks this way and, um, and, and uh, will behave this way and carry out this type of betrayal I want to tell you that judgment will come against you and there is hope for those who remain faithful to God and so, we come to Jesus, right? And you see Jesus; he gets twelve disciples, and there are two very interesting um, people in the in the group, right? You've got uh, Matthew. Do you remember what Matthew's job was?
0: Uh, a scribe. Is that right? No. The tax collector. Oh, Matthew, Right. tax yeah,
1: He was he, one of the disciples. Matthew, the tax collector. So if you're a tax collector. I,
0: I, I, was, was he still a tax collector while he was working, while he was a
1: disciple? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I would have thought he, I actually don't know the answer. I would have thought he quit his Because when you job. asked
0: that question, I assumed what was his role within the disciples?
1: Right, right. But,
0: yeah, prior to that.
1: Prior to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, you got me curious now. I'm <laughs> to look at that. But who would Matthew be working for? If he's collecting The Romans, right? Yeah. So he's working for the as a Jew, he's working for the Romans. Mm. And then in the group of disciples, there's a guy named Simon the Zealot. mm mm-hmm. You know what the Zealots did back then?
0: Well, they were the uh, the leaders, the, the they, religious leaders, weren't
1: they? Oh, they were they were patriotic. patriotic. They were patriotic for the Jews. Yeah. They had to take down the Roman system. Ah, okay. They wanted to make they wanted to make Judah great again. That's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, To the point, zealots will actually use um, violence. They would murder in order to carry out their plans, right? In order to bring uh, Jews back to no, leadership. No, that,
0: the the MIGA movement, M-I-G-A, make Israel great again. Correct.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the MIGA hats. Yeah. And um, you had Simon the zealot and Matthew the tax collector that worked for the Romans in the same team. Mm. And Jesus got them...
0: Well, to become brothers, <laughs>
1: yeah, right? Yeah, he got yeah. them to become brothers yeah. for the work of the gospel, mm. right? Jesus is able to reconcile these things, mm. and that is what he that, that, that is definitely the aim for each and every one of us. However, uh, he does not discount the fact that this is not how life is going to be. Mm. There are people that are going to be in our lives that are close like brothers, but because of pride, because of self-exaltation, they may be the first ones to gloat to, over us. To bring
0: us. you down. <laughs> yeah,
1: they yeah. may be the ones to take things from us. Mm. They may be the ones, you know. And and uh, Jason, I think you and I have an age to know if we haven't experienced it ourselves, we've seen it happen. Mm. You know, and in my head, I'm like, how can how can you do that? How can you do that after years together or whatever? And I've seen it. I might have mentioned this already. Maybe it's a hobby horse that I have, but one of the places that I I I just can't believe how ugly it gets is after a funeral, right? When mm. when when dad dies, dividing the assets, and dividing mm. the assets, and suddenly there's this ugliness yes. amongst the siblings. That are wow, wait a minute, you know, you meant to like these are siblings that love each other, you know? It's like wow, this is this is not good, right? Mm. And so Jesus says, don't be, don't be. uh ignorant to the fact that this will happen. Mm. You know, we read in, we read in prophecy in revelation. We can see that others will turn. And, and Jesus said, uh father will turn, you know, children will turn against parents. Brother will turn against brother. You know, and it's like, wow, that has got to be a lot of hatred. However, the message of hope says, you stay faithful to me. And on Mount Zion, on Mount Zion, you will see the saviors will come up there. And this will be the Lord's kingdom. So, Despite anything that we go go through even the most hardest betrayal of people that you think that love you, you know God says, this is the nature of sin, this is where the the devil's spirit has come through, but please by faith, rely on the fact that there is hope, and the day of the lord that's a massive thing. The day of the lord is is telling us, hey um when Jesus returns. Then you will see with your own eyes what the power of Mount Zion looks like. Then you will see what it, what what how powerful my the glory of my kingdom is.
0: So I can three, see three possible roles of Christ in this chapter. Oh, okay, Jason. <laughs> One, uh, Christ as judge. Yes. Um, Christ as king when Correct. he returns. Yes. <laughs> and uh, perhaps Christ is Michael as Michael. You got. You got it. The You
1: got it, Jason. You got it. Right All three. All three. <laughs> All three. Very good. Yeah.
0: So any, so any one of those could have been right. Yeah. So,
1: yep, golden star for you, Jason. Happy <laughs> our listeners.
0: Very good. Well, uh, that's all our time for today. But um, next week on Wednesday, we'll have a look at perhaps Nahum. Yes. And uh, we'll delve into that one. I'll yep. be looking forward to that. Of course, tomorrow we've got David Maxwell and on his new series, The Teachings of Jesus, and he'll be looking at the lost sheep. So do join us tomorrow at the same time. And uh, we've had a couple of uh, copies of this book. There's still some left. The Printed Prophets, The Vital Role of Literature in the Last Days. Minor number one. No spaces, M-I-N-O-R, and the number one. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. David, thank you for your program today. Thank you. Um, I recognize that there's always, in the in the scriptures, and even in today's time, there seems to be, even within the select group of people, there's always division of some sort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Amen. sad, but yeah. it's not meant to be. But That's there right. Is. This is uh, Matthew Mole with You and Your Crown. Have a great day, and may, may you encounter Jesus more today. The
5: sun goes down and the moon cries out its love for You, the world confides in the love that hides between the two And I know I'm not afraid to call this home And I know that you aren't too And you fall down in the lies, in the blinding lies win the fights, win the fight. Win the fight. From the fire they're leading themselves into A world apart There's a new restart if you simply choose And I know I'm going to a better place And I hope that you are too And you The truth and the meaning of life So we're protected and leading Don't be heeding these lies Proceeding through every direction you're leading It's you who knows the truth and the meaning of life So we're protected and leading